you are now tuning in to Let's Be Honest with host Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Just Jonda's LBD, The Legal Breakdown, number two, I Care A Lot. Now this one is, I stuck this in here because again, it's timely. I still have a few others that I promised you and we are going to get to those, the pardons and the um, Girardis. Oh my gosh, that just never ends. But I Care A Lot uh, definitely got me excited about doing a quick LBD on it because it is a, it, of course it's not true, but it is a Netflix fiction, <laughs> Netflix fictional movie. Um, and it's, it's kind of fun, creepy, but fun about one of the things that uh, I've done for many years. And as I've mentioned to you before, and you'll see in the comments, I do have a blog that I do on Facebook called Fashion and Drama Diaries, where you can join and join in on the Daily Fund, where we talk about all kinds of stuff. So I had a couple of people ask me my, not only my thoughts on this, but um, ask me about it as it relates to real life, because it's kind of scary. So without spoiling the movie, because the way it ends is, it's interesting, but it's not relevant to um, the, the direction of this discussion. So no worries, uh, no spoilers. Um, the premise of this movie essentially is that there is a woman who is an attorney like myself, and like myself, she serves sometimes, although in this instance, it appears that it is what she does as her primary practice. Uh, whereas for me, it was just one of the things I did as a part of my practice. And it's the same for a lot of attorneys. I know I, I do know a few that do it all the, uh, that do it um, as a primary to their practice but in Virginia doesn't pay enough <laughs> for a lot of us to for it to be what we do but at any rate she is a court-appointed guardian and you can be a court-appointed guardian uh here in Virginia we call them guardian at leadums uh you can be a guardian at leadum which essentially you're a guardian appointed by the court or guardian at law um for children, adults, the elderly, um, really anybody who needs a representative to speak to the court about what is in that person's best interest. Now, what is in that person's best interest, which is what makes you different from your role as an attorney advocate, because you're, in, as an attorney, you're their advocate. 
What makes it different here is the court is essentially your boss. You are reporting to the court or making recommendations to the court about what is best for this person. So what is best for that person, which again is what makes your role different from a, being a normal attorney advocate, is not always necessarily what they want. And in some instances, I forgot about that. I'm sorry, I turned my phone on and forgot to turn it back off. And in some instances, not only is it not necessarily what they want, but you have to make the decision independent of really knowing what they want. Because in the case of a child, the younger the child is, I mean, I've been a guardian for infants, the younger the child is, you have no concept of what the child wants. So you are looking at the entire situation, parents, environment, extended family, uh, all of those things, especially if there is, which is usually why um, we are involved, especially as it relates to infants, uh, questions about where that infant should ultimately be, um, whether that is in a custody situation between mother and father, grandparents, whoever, or if it's a situation involving social services um, where there's a question about whether or not that child needs to be removed from the home. Um, I had one case where because of the number of children in it that were present in that case, three children and the condition of both the mother and the father, there ended up being more attorneys in the courtroom than laypersons because obviously the children were not in the courtroom. You had a both a guardian at Leadum and an attorney for each child because their uh, interests were considered to be at odds with their parents because of the condition of their parents. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and both parents had an attorney and a guardian at Leadum because the father um, had an IQ that put him at a mentally disabled level and the mother was an addict who was incarcerated. So she, there was both an attorney and a guardian at Leadum because she was not uh, going to be viewed as being able to act in her best interest based on simply her lack of availability. So, like I said, so many attorneys in the room, we outnumbered uh, everyone else. So, and it, it gets that way sometimes. Now, not everybody is appointed both. Now, you are individuals who are incapacitated adults often comes into play, of course, with the elderly. Um, not always the elderly, but definitely the, it, it definitely tends to come into play there. Incapacitated adults uh, can also be appointed a guardian ad litem, especially if there is not someone that, uh, who is connected to them that the court feels comfortable 
allowing to act on their behalf. Now, a lot of times the court wouldn't even know. So the mere fact that the court is involved usually speaks to the fact that there is a question about the family member or other representative who is um, presented in some way or presenting themselves as an option. Because again, if you have a family member and they perhaps maybe have power of attorney or something like that, there really would be no reason for the court to be involved. So obviously there's something else going on. And uh, I've also been appointed as a guardian for um, individuals who were unavailable for court due to, um, really due to location, like being, um, being in a penitentiary out of the area, et cetera. And the matter, it was of a type that it didn't serve um, anybody's interest to go through the expense of going to get the person and transporting them. And of course, I make contact with these individuals, especially in a situation like that, because that person is not incapacitated because of some type of mental defect, typically. So those are at least some of the circumstances and, and the major ones where um, the court may appoint a guardian at Leadham. And of course, even with kids who are older, I know I mentioned infants, but kids who are older, where again, because of what may be going on in the home, whether it's a removal or it could even be some, uh, some violence or, or something where the child or the minor's interest and the parent's interest are viewed as being at odds, then a guardian can be appointed because that child is viewed as being in need of services. Like once when I was appointed as guardian for both a teen mother and her child. So those are the types of circumstances. So anyway, back to this movie. This movie, the, in the, the premise of this movie, as I said, was about a woman who was a court-appointed guardian, and she apparently, based on her wall in her office, specialized in elderly people. So, you know, she would, it, she would be, appear in court, and the, you know, perhaps a doctor, in this case it was um, a doctor, or maybe a social worker would say, I've got this patient, or in the case of a social worker, I have uh, this person who is among, you know, my files. And just based on their health, the way they're living, uh, their mental state, they present as someone who is in need of guardianship. And based on the information that we have, there is no family member available to take on that role or, or just someone who is viable and feasible, who is available, exists, or even willing to take on that role. So this woman would, of course, receive those cases, but she was making a mint at it, just in essence, because obviously it wouldn't be a movie if there was a little oomph to it. She was shady. She would basically clean them out like within 
it was one woman within <laughs> like a week or so of being appointed to be the woman's guardian she would get them put into a nursing home because again that's the difference right when you're dealing with the elderly versus kids this is someone who may have assets that they have built up over their lifetime whether it's a home whether there's a you know some type of bank account or whatever the case may be and so you know kids don't have any of that <laughs> so of course she would liquid essentially liquidate their lives she would use the fact that they were elderly and one of the primary reasons why someone would be appointed to uh as a guardian for an elderly person is that they would be infirm in some way whether mentally or physically i mean what other reason would you appoint someone for an adult and due to whether it's the physical or mental impairment that would be the perfect excuse for putting them in a home because the obviously you'd say well they can't take care of themselves they've they're mentally infirm or physically infirm and they live by themselves and i can't live with them i'm just their legal guardian so she would put them in a home and then once you put them in a home then that leaves you uh, it, it left her in this movie carte blanche to liquidate all of their stuff and of course part of the ruse with that would be i need the money to pay for taking care of them so clearly this is uh, it's almost like those schemes that we've uh heard about and, and individuals have been locked up for like the judge in pennsylvania where he would steer kids to this one particular um youth detention center so because he was getting kickbacks from that detention center which is part of the problem when you've got privatized uh prisons and detention centers so obviously in this case because it's a movie you've got all you've got the whole circle jerk going on right the doctor or psychologist and the person who runs the home and um you know shady realtors and all of that stuff and and i mean you build those things up hell she probably knows them from you know whatever her practice was before so people ask me because it, I, like i said not going to give away the plot that is literally just the premise there is a whole story that develops based on this premise and um you know her continuing essentially what amounts to a scam uh as it relates to most or probably all of her charges um and i say charges as in those people who she's in charge of or taking care of because um not all of them uh may necessarily need the level of care <clears throat> that she's insisting upon them needing by putting them in a home and certainly you know the liquidation of their assets is largely to line her pockets so i've gotten asked the question is this possible because of course people see this and as often happens when you have a movie that takes a piece of something that actually happens especially in the law 
And then, you know, you put all kinds of other stuff with it. People are like, okay, well, I do know there's a certain thing there that exists that is court-appointed guardians, and there's these people, and they certainly have access to knowing your life and your records and what you have so that they can help you make sure that you navigate those things and make certain decisions, make recommendations to the court. So can they do that? Especially because, you know, she would go to the court and say, yes, I did liquidate, then do this and that and the third, because I need to be able to pay their home. And then, of course, you know, I used XYZ to pay myself for my time and my services. Well, I will base it on the state where I live and give the short answer to, can someone do this to you? The short answer is no. And the longer answer is there is, anything can slip through the system. We know that. Anything can slip through the cracks. And certainly if there are individuals involved that are helping to um, create a conspiracy or a scam, then they can happen. And we do know that it is not far-fetched for any group of people of any size to get together and make a conspiracy happen. Because even with the situation with that judge, of course he was getting kickbacks from the, the judge that in real life, the Pennsylvania case, of course he was getting kickbacks, I'm assuming from the person who was the actual owner of the detention center because of course you get paid from the government by bodies so he sends someone there the government pays a certain allowance per day week month whatever it is for that person to be housed because essentially that's what you're doing you are housing this individual it just happens to be in a detention center so the money was going to come from them getting their government funding or payment. And then they, of course, would give him his kickback. But those two aren't the only individuals that are involved because the person that owns the place doesn't necessarily work there. They're usually a corporation, which means that there had to be some level of cooperation from the warden. There, there also had to be, even if it wasn't tacit agreement in terms of the person being involved in the conspiracy, there at least needed to be on some level the um, the looking the of uh, the looking the other way or just the unspoken agreement because you're not challenging what the judge is doing. And of course, you know, they're a judge. So therein lies a a built-in layer for them of people feeling uncomfortable challenging them. But of course, that is still, you're, you're still allowing it to happen. So while you may not be a member of the conspiracy uh, in terms of you going to jail because you were a part of the kickback and whatever, you weren't exactly a part of the solution either. You can't, uh, there's no cape on your back 
when you're seeing an injustice go on for years and not saying anything to anybody important about it other than maybe your colleagues. But again, I, I, I won't beat people up on that too bad because the fact that the person making these decisions was a judge kind of gives them a, built, a bit of insulation in terms of people feeling comfortable blowing the whistle on them. And, um, and also sometimes when you have a judge who just locks everybody up, people just start to go, start to just view them as, oh, well, that's so-and-so. They're a quote-unquote hanging judge. They're just the type of person who, you know, you don't want to go in front of them because if you go in front of them, you're, and, and we all know judges like that. You don't want to go in front of them because if you go in front of them, man, this is not going to go well. Um, and it's no different than, you know, there's certain prosecutors that you don't want to deal with, especially if your client's case is pretty much something that shouldn't be a big deal. But there is a particular prosecutor that treats everything like it's a big deal. You know, they treat everything like it's a murder, even if it's just a punch to the face. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's a certain level of built-in insulation there. At any rate, um, as I said, the short answer is no, because typically we have to report everything we do and you don't just get to charge whatever the hell you want because it's not the person's estate, at least in my state. It is not the person's estate or assets that pays you. It's the court. And I'll break that down a little bit more right after this. Stay tuned. So I was going to talk about the payment. So in the movie, she basically, what it appeared, I mean, they didn't really like dig deep. I mean, they made it, you, you got the point. Cause I mean, she lived well, she had to fly off as the whole nine yards. So essentially they alluded to the idea that she basically charged whatever her hourly rate was. And that of course, the more, as with any anybody that charges hourly, the more work you put in because you had to do so much work, you know, you had to get them into the home and supervise the sale of their assets and get a realtor and the people in your office that had to do this and that. So all of that. So you have these absorbent bills that um, the court obviously would approve because of the fact that you've got um you know you're just doing all of these things for the client and of course again because of the conspiracy then you've got people uh kicking money back and forth at every layer although in the movie it 
did not appear that the judge was involved, but you keep watching and you watch and be the judge. So, um, in real life, at least in my state, which is one of the reasons why most GALs I know have it as a part of their practice, not their entire practice, unless they've got a lot of cases. It you get paid a rate that is set by the state. In our in our case, it is set by the Supreme Court of the state. And so whatever you charge for your time spent on the case, which of course you've got to uh, notate on, on your forms, whatever time you spend on that case, you uh, get paid that rate. And it is not high. Because again, we're talking about something that is appointed through the court. So let's just say, you know, there's, you're not getting $300 an hour, <laughs> not even close. Uh, I mean, not even remotely close. And so, like I said, you charge that. And when it comes to selling things and siphoning assets and all of those, there is nothing of the sort that you would be able to do or explore um, without the court's permission. If the issue came up of putting the person in a home, the court's permission and justification on where it is, the type, how much is being spent, um, you know, to make sure that it is something that could be sustained, especially because assets don't always last forever. And so you got to make sure that if those assets run out, is something that could be sustained, let's say, perhaps on their social security, or they would, um, they would, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They would qualify. <laughs> it's crazy. They would qualify for subsidies, etc. Because again, it, it, you know, you don't want to put some, uh, somebody somewhere and then have to move them. And I mean, it happens, but that would be awful. Um, I mean, it happens to people in real life, but that would be awful. So there is nothing that you could just walk around doing without permission, which is essentially supervision of your actions. You would need to file something with the court to say, um, it's, it's my recommendation based on looking at their assets and having someone that's qualified to do to to do that um look at what they have etc and uh these are some recommendations that the court could consider the court i mean they just don't get that deep so um so in answer to most people's questions don't be afraid now granted this i believe this was set in california so pfft, who knows? Anything can happen. And I do recognize that every state has their own regulations as it relates to these types of things. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if in some areas it may even vary um, based on uh, based on counties, especially if you are somewhere uh, in a state that is really big with 
um, certain parts of the population or certain areas that are much more densely populated than others or just where the culture in one part of a state is very different than the others. Um, uh, like I would not be surprised, although I haven't had an opportunity to check if places like Florida, Texas, California, if um, the regulations, just because of the way those states are set up in uh, just vastly different ways that people live in one area versus others that, um, and in the case of California, in, Cal uh, in the case of California, not only is there the vast difference in the way that people live, but there are certain areas that are incredibly densely populated and are probably a greater tax on resources and personnel than, than others. Um, so again, it wouldn't surprise me if there is some variance as it relates to counties, uh, although, it, but again, here in my home state, uh, the, these are uh, statewide regulations. So rest assured, those of you who may be getting older or have someone in your life or that you know of that may be getting older or um, infirm even from youth, that there will probably not be some crazy white woman knocking on their door to steal everything they have. Although we do know there are crazy people everywhere. And not just, you know, crazy white women, I'm just talking about the movie. <laughs> so that, so it, calm down. If you are that concerned, you can look these things up in your state. But again, in any instance, no matter how the billing works, because we know that's going to be different in different places, everything, everything, and abuses notwithstanding, has to go through the court. It is the court that is appointing you. Therefore, it is the court who you must report to. That's who is handling you. Because the reason that you are there is that you are the court's representative. Like for instance, in the case of kids, especially if I have a custody case, when I give my recommendation on what I think is in the best interest of the kids, that's not about mom, that's not about dad, it's not even about what the child told me, although depending on their age, I personally do take that um, it, I do take that into account as, as well you should. And it's not that I don't take mom and dad's, uh, mom and dad's uh, um, thoughts into account as well. I just am not representing any of them. So I am not beholden to how they feel. And while the opinion or recommendation that I give to the court may ultimately favor one versus the other, which in a custody case, inevitably it ultimately will, um, because, you know, you got to choose. Um, 
while it may favor one versus the other, it is because in weighing those things, if I am doing my job properly, in weighing all the factors, that is what I feel is in that child's best interest. And that is what the court has asked me to provide to them by way of my evaluation. But it is not, you know, so, and it's the same thing, but, you know, a, a little bit different because I'm not talking about who should get custody, obviously. When I, if I were in this woman's place and I were dealing with an elderly person, ultimately I am to provide the court with what is in the best interest of this person. Because being someone's guardian is, you know, like being their parent in the sense that, not that you make all the decisions of, of the parent, but the parent in that your mom and dad don't always give you what you want. They give you what they feel is best. If that just happens to be what you want, then great for you. But in theory, that's not why they made the decision they made. And so with an elderly person, it is the same thing. So if I give the court the recommendation that um, this person is really not in a position to continue to live alone and give themselves proper care or not be a danger, which is really important, not be a danger to themselves or potentially others. Um, you know, let's say you have someone with dementia living in an apartment alone, could be dangerous to them, but they could also burn the whole building down. Um, you know, or just in general, if they have outbursts, etc. So that would be a recommendation and would be up to the court to mull that over and come up with some possible solutions but there's other individuals involved because then you're looking at what services are available and you know the part potentially department on aging what uh, what does the representative from there have is there a social worker involved because social workers do deal with the elderly as well so you don't typically have some chick just getting you know, a blank check from the court <laughs> with an order that says I can come in and just do whatever and I'll let the court know later everything I did when I hand them my bill or if someone complains. So there you go. The quick and dirty. Can it happen? Not like that. That's not the way it works. So don't be scared. But I did not spoil a single thing. In fact, I managed to tell you that entire thing with just the premise and not even get into the major plot point. Damn, I'm good. So I do advise you to watch this it, uh, if you want some campy fun. It is... Um, I mean, not like stupid camp, but just, and, and maybe it was campy to me because I know looking at it that it, it wouldn't roll like that to anybody else. They were mortified. But personally, I just feel like anything 
where Peter Dinklage is one of the stars is worth watching. I'm just saying. And um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Judy Dench. Yes, she was in it. And of course, I think she's cool as hell. The woman who played the primary character, I know that she is a well-known actress, um, you know, like kind of character. She's not exactly like matinee idol, but um, but people know Rosamund Pike. So yes, people do know Rosamund, um, Rosamund Pike. And I'm sorry, I said uh, Judy Dench. What am I thinking? Not Judy Dench, Diane Weist, who I also really like. So um, I guess as she gets older and she had her hair cut short, <laughs> sorry, Diane, you look like Judy Dench. So that is, and that's, you know, no hate. I think Judy Dench is cool as shit. So, <laughs> so anywho, that is I Care A Lot and our legal breakdown. So I hope you enjoyed it and you're going to keep coming back. Remember, you can follow me on uh, social media at, on, on Instagram and Twitter at Let's Be Honest, JJ, that's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J for Just Jonda. You can join in on the Daily Fun if uh, you want to join our group on Facebook at uh, the Fashion and Drama Diaries. The link is in the bio area. This podcast is available on all platforms. And if you have iTunes, please hop over there, give us five stars and a review. Feel free to leave me messages under my posts. And if you have a legal question or case that you want me to talk about something cool in the news where you are, and maybe I don't know about it or read about it and just was like, I don't know if anybody wants to talk about it. Let me know. I'll do some investigation and let's see what we can do with the LBD. Meanwhile, stay tuned. As I said on my last episode, I know I'm a bit behind. We had a COVID outbreak in my house, everybody except for me, which means who's taking care of everybody? Me. So, so there's a bit of catching up to do, but I am so glad that you're still hanging with me and you continue to come back. And I promise not to leave you again, if I can help it. Make sure nobody gets sick again. And for those who are members of my friends and family or just know um, um, uh, some of my friends on Facebook and stuff that knew about what's been going on, thank you very much for your thoughts and prayers as we have gotten through this. Everybody is on the mend and doing well. Pretty much you're up and about. We have one that's lingering a little bit, but he'll he'll be okay soon and shout out to jordan who is my son and he also handles my sound and um well my sound and my editing so he is on the mend thank god because me doing all kinds of goofy stuff with my cell phone doesn't exactly sound the greatest so while i have him here on the mend and i can hold him hostage i can get some shows done (laughs) and catch up So again, thank you so much for hanging out with your girl. And always remember, just like on our regular Let's Be Honest show, as well as our special LBDs, also known as the Legal Breakdown, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, chances are I'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Thank you and good night.